everybody and welcome to Unnerved. It's our third episode. We did it. Third time's the charm. So everybody, uh, my name is Christy. And I'm Kelly. And we are two friends who love and adore horror movies and we're here to rate and review them all and tell you what happened behind them. So this week we decided to watch The Purge from 2013, directed and written by James DeMonico. And it actually has a pretty decent cast for more of a lower budget horror film. Yeah, pretty um, A-list. Yeah, so the main, the dad, it's a family, right? The Sandin family. Yep. You have James Sandin, who's played by Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Mary Sandin, the mom, who's played by Lena Headey, who love her from Game of Thrones. She plays Queen Cersei, you know. Yeah. And then the daughter, Joey Sandin, is Adelaide Kane. The son, Charlie Sandin, is Max Burkholder. Plight Stranger is Reese Wakefield. The Bloody Stranger is Edwin Hodge. And then we also pulled out, because we thought she was crazy, the main neighbor lady. Oh my gosh, the blonde one. Who doesn't blink. No. Um, just... Yeah, her name's Grace, but her the actress's name, I'm, oh boy, uh, Arisha Barakis? Sounds right. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it. That's how I would have pronounced it. So, whatever. I didn't like that character. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was entertaining, but like, oh, yeah, but I think she was just stupid. <laughs> stupid, stupid. We'll get into it. We'll get into why I think she's stupid when the time comes. All right. So, um, yes, we're talking about the purge. It's set in 2022, which is way too close for home, by the way. It's way too close for home. And what didn't you say that you were watching in an interview? Yeah. So Ethan Hawke plays James. James Sandin was talking in an interview about the setup for the purge, and he's like, "Yeah, so this is like a government. It's called the New Founding Fathers of America that's set up after some kind of total economic collapse." And he's like, "He's talking. He's like, yeah, you know, say something happened like the economic recession of 2020." And I was like, "I'm done with this interview. <laughs> this is too much." Well, wasn't that like a couple years ago yeah. when he was doing that interview? It's yeah, like, like he was seeing into the future. Yep. <sighs> so everybody, Ethan Hawke, he uh, jinxed us. It's all his fault. It's all his fault. Either that or he, he just, that was his one warning to the world. Be like, guys, 2020 is going to suck. <laughs> yep. And he wasn't wrong. He's not wrong at all. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we open with him in the car. Well, actually, we open with scenes of the purge. Yes, of previous purges uh, in the past. Yeah, so, like, people beating each each other up on the streets, like, through a security camera style, Mm -hmm. uh, almost, like, found footage style type of stuff going on. There's security cameras. It's it's clearly monitored and, like, broadcast. So even if you're not participating, it's clued in that, like, you're going to be just watching everybody else purge. Really creepy. It's like football highlights. Except with purge. football highlights of the purge. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. I mean, you're not wrong. It's really creepy, though. Well, good because it's a horror movie, kind of. <laughs> I would peg this more as action horror than yeah, horror, or even suspense. First, yeah, there's some suspense, but it was. Yeah, yeah, I can get into it. <laughs> so yeah, they open up to that and then talk about a little bit about the founding fathers, the new founding fathers of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a doctor interview saying, "Oh well, oh, we're suppressing yeah. our basic human instincts. So once a year, it's it's encouraged 
to go out and get it all out of your system. So, so for the next year, you're good to conceal, don't feel, so to speak. You'd be Elsa. You'd be Elsa for the whole rest <laughs> of the year, concealing, not feeling. And then on the purge night, you just let it go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like this whole idea of like this, this movie is very political. Um, and we're not going to get super into the politics because that's. No. No. I, I, I don't want to. I'm so. not about that. <laughs> but basically, it's just like this propaganda that they tell the American people so that everyone can kind of ease, ha- have an easier time yeah. handling the fact that people are killing other people. Yeah. It's, it's dark. But yeah. anyways, The Purge in and of itself is just a 12-hour time period once a yeah. year where all crime is legal. Yes. Um, and that includes, you know, murder, theft, rape, anything, any mm-hmm. crime you can think of that you want to do and don't want to get caught for, you do it on the purge night. That's how that works. Which I think this is so, so scary. But like when, when the actual purge announcement comes on the screen a little bit into the movie, when the purge starts, um, it literally says like government officials cannot be harmed. <laughs> Yeah, so it's there are rules. The rules of the purge are no emergency vehicles or personnel will be called for be on call for the first twelve hours. Yep. The government officials of rank ten and above. Who are, knows what that means? Are immune. Um, you are encouraged to purge, and if you're not, if you don't, you're kind of looked down on a little bit for there's, some reason. There's a whole part in the beginning where Ethan Hawke is going. Rrr, 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 He's driving home right from work that day, and he's got the blue flowers. He's got the blue flowers because you're supposed to put a uh, pot or a vase of blue flowers out on your lawn to say that you support the purge, even mm-hmm. if you aren't yourself purging. Right. And then the last rule is weapons of class four or lower are allowed. Anything above that is a violation, and you um, users of that in future movies they do this, um, but they're met with tear gas and severe punishment. That's ominous. So I'm like, there's still rules. <laughs> so like, obviously you could do like, oh, your little shotgun, your your pistols and whatever. But like, you can't have like military grade, like atomic bombs. Like that's not. <laughs> I'm going to purge with an atomic bomb. What a just, savage way to do I just kind of went from like one to <laughs> 100. So like, that's just the broad scope of things. But like, yeah. That's the general idea of the purge. So we start yeah. the movie, like I said, with the security footage, and then Ethan Hawke is driving home, beep beep, and he gets a call from work that tells him that his team, most specific, more specifically him, sold the most security systems this year. Yeah. Um. So woohoo, go for him, go for him, and then we kind of cut Yay. over to the wife, Mary Sandin, who's she's originally in the kitchen making some food, but then she goes out to check the mail, and she's met with. Grace. Grace. And and two of our other neighbors are driving home that are, like, very obviously forcing a smile. It's so creepy. Grace is like, I baked some cookies for you. And Mary's like, no, no, I don't, you know, it's okay. Take the cookies. Well, she, she accepts them and she's like, oh, look at that new addition on your house. You know, everybody on this block says that, you know, our contribution to buying those security systems paid for that addition on your house. So awkward like smile, little awkward Bates. jealous jab, and gri- and the wife's just like, um. Well, Mary Sandin is Ma- dead Mary's inside. Like, she is dead inside for the beginning of this movie. Well, she kind of looks at her like, 
That was kind of a weird comment. Are people She's really like, talking about us in that way? I think she said, do people really say that? And then Grace was just like, oh, yeah, it's just neighborhood <laughs> gossip. It's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> but I mean, in reality, this that would happen, right? You would fake it. Like, you have to be nice to Well, you should be nice to everyone. But there are people that would be nice to you. They're yeah. fake throughout the year. And then on that one day, they would yeah. kill you. And, and before Mary goes in, she asks Grace, are you having your annual purge party? And she, Grace specifically says, no, we're just going to stay in lockdown and watch footage. So she's just going to sit at home with a bucket of popcorn and lunch, watch lunch. people get murdered and and them some. <laughs> Grace is scary. Grace is that that neighbor that you you hope you get inside before they come over kind of thing. Yep. Um so so that's how the beginning starts. James gets home and we cut to uh the daughter mm-hmm. making out with her Zoe secret boyfriend and Henry. Yes, the one she's not allowed to have. Well, he's over the age of 18, and she's supposed to be a minor. Yeah, I'd say she's about 16, so the age gap isn't that that bad, but it is illegal. Yeah, and I think, and they mentioned, like, her dad does not want her dating this dude. I mean, yeah. I I That's don't fair. think it's bad. Like, this isn't, this is a totally understandable conversation to kind of have. Yeah, it's normal. It is 100% normal conversation i had people friends in high school who were trying to date people older than 18 yeah i I knew them they weren't exactly my friends but i knew them (laughs) i mean uh (laughs) my boyfriend was a year older than i was so like yeah i mean it it, it's it's not uncommon but his dad doesn't like him and he's like clearly bothers them so they're like making out well (laughs) they have a moment yeah they're making out and she, she looks at him and she just says, I love you. And he says, oh, he looks at her he's like, that's too kind of vanilla and boring. So we should have our own way of saying I love you. So we should just growl at each other. <laughs> so he's like, rawr. And she's like, I'm not doing that. He's like, do it. And then she's like, like, And then they, it, it, it was so weird. And this, honestly, this whole relationship, it's a little bit weird. It feels a little bit forced, and it kind of is a throwaway storyline, a little bit. A little bit, but it's kind of like, oh, well, she clearly trusts him, so, like, he can't be that bad. Well, it seems sweet. Like, honestly, we did things when we were in high school, middle school, that probably we're not proud of, and I'm just saying, it's not that far out of the realm of possibilities. No. So it, it's a couple hours before the purge begins. So she, the, Zoe tells Henry, She's like, get home. Go home, lock down, be safe, make it home okay, blah, blah, blah. Text me later. All right. So he is now out of the picture. Now it's dinner time. Oh. No, no. The son yes. and his little creepy baby doll tank thing. Well, it's the voyeur of the, of the movie. That's, it's creepy though. That's the kid's eyes and ears to things he shouldn't be exposed to, but yeah. he is. It's a little remote control. Uh, think of like an army tank bottom with the half of a baby, the upper half of a baby doll, and then one of its eyes is a blue light. So, like, if you're it, the thing I imagine it comparison wise would be one of Sid's toys from Toy Story. Yes, the the spider baby. Yep, spider head baby. 
And he's just like looking around. It's kind of like that, but like upgraded. <laughs> Not cartoon. <laughs> upgraded and can play its own theme music. There was no business with that being as creepy as it was, but. No, but it was a good a good intro to the kid. Yes. Well, I actually really like this kid. Yeah, he's smart. He He obviously knows his way around. He hides himself from the world, essentially. My only concern is his eyesight with those glasses, because those oh screens are God. right next So the way he sees through the baby doll eyes is, like, you put on a pair of sunglasses and he watches it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it can't it's, be good for your eyes. It's like VR, but, like, it's way too close to your eyes. Mm-hmm. VR at least has a good, like, two to three inches of space between your eyes and the screen, and I they're adjusted know. to your How screen. How would you focus? Because, like, if I put my hands right up to my eyeballs right i can't see them very good no no <laughs> like it, everything gets a little Hello. fuzzy and it's just bright it's just, oh, oh it just hurt i i just can't imagine that that kid seems to be enjoying himself um so basically they all sit down to dinner right they're like we're gonna have a little normal family dinner and this was giving me anxiety because we're less than an hour until the purge starts and it's how christy is like if this was me i would be in my bunker at least an hour or two before the right. purge starts. At least lock your doors already. Like, so in case you do lose track of time, you're already safe. But no, it's not even time yet. And they're like, oh, nonchalantly eating dinner. So they have that normal family dinner. Dad's trying to communicate with the teenage girl. Be like, oh, so how was your day? And she's like, I don't want to do this. He's like, come on. And she she indulges. She tells him about the day. The son tells him about the day. And then dad's all, like, proud of himself. He's like... Guys, I am the number one salesman, but it was really a team effort. We really brought home bacon. <laughs> I'm going to get a huge bonus out like, of it. Right, huge bonus. And then they look at the clock and realize that it's almost time. So they finish up dinner real quick, and they go and they lock down. Yeah, and lock they, down. They show the kids the combination. <sighs> they pay attention. Like This was stupid. Yes. <laughs> this was stupid. I was a parent, I would... Me and, and my significant other would be the only ones with access to the code. Yeah. I mm-hmm. wouldn't let the kids know because the kids don't necessarily understand 100% what's happening. Well, the son is... Oh, no. Oh, no. We're guessing kids' ages again. Um, 13? <laughs> yeah, I put him at the 12, 13 range. He's, like, just at that level. Yeah. And it... So, it's... And as you come to find out, like... Charlie, the son's character, is kind of the moral compass of the film. Mm-hmm. He's the human humanity that we're kind of seeing, and he, he questions everything about the purge. He actually does this before the purge even starts. He's like, yeah. why do we have to do this, Mom? Mom's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and the dad's like, well, we don't feel the need to purge. Right. And the brother's like, well, if you did feel the need to purge, would you? He's, and they just brush off that question. They're like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> so fine. these people really don't support the purge, but they're not fighting to stop it either. They, but I mean, in some ways, the purge has made them extremely rich. Like these yeah, security systems. They have their livelihood off of the purge. And the dad 100% knows that and tries to brush that on the rug. And the wife realizes that there's um, cause and effect and. and Kind of deadens herself to the fact. Like, she She has to, because she realizes that what they have is because of these horrible events. Yep. So. Yay. So, anyways, they lock down. Um, 
Zoe goes like, I don't want to deal with you. She's like, I can go by my room. So she goes up in her room. (laughs) And she's like, puts her earbuds in. And then out of nowhere, you see a hand come out and cover her mouth. And like, pull her back. Oh, no, so scary. Oh, it's just Henry Barr. (laughs) Like. So the boyfriend snuck back into the room. Which. The initial thought is, oh, well, the age difference, it's now legal to do whatever you want to the minor. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, theoretically speaking, that's... We did discuss that. It would be legal. Um, But he's there. He's like, listen. They're making out. I he's like I this isn't what I came I didn't come here for you. He's like I came here. Yeah, mid makeout. Stops like I didn't well, come here she, for you. Well, she started to take off her clothes. And he's yeah, like, not nah, not nah. her Catholic schoolgirl uniform is halfway unbuttoned, and he's like, no, I didn't come here for you. I came here to talk to your dad. And she's like, that is not a good idea. Don't effing do it. She see, she immediately gets worried, and all of us are like, what's this boy gonna do? Like, this boy that you like, talk to dad. Well, we're locked down. He will be forced to listen to what I have to say because I want to be with you. Okay. But why did you and have to choose tonight? And girlfriend is still like, don't do it. Right. My dad's going to murder you, potentially, because he could do that right now so like, she's but then he kind of coaxes her out of it he's like it's fine it's fine it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah leaves her in her room doesn't ask to come with no and then she puts her earbuds back in simultaneously while this is happening though charlie's downstairs and they have monitors of security footage outside of their home and in the neighborhood to see mm-hmm. what's going on and charlie kind of turns the volume on and there's a guy out there who's basically screaming like let me in let me in He's screaming for help yeah and he no one's letting him in mm-hmm. and charlie's like i have i have to do what's right here so he puts the passcode in and he releases the security system so and waves, all of the, and waves the stranger in yeah so all of the doors and stuff start to move up and the guy and then he his parents he knows his parents are going to rearm it very quickly so he yells at him to come inside and the guy makes a very valiant run and slide into the house yeah so at this good. time good zoe realizes even if she even though she has her earbuds in she's like huh, something weird's going on and then she takes them out and she starts to walk downstairs after henry so we have a scene in the foyer where he's the parents the, come and they're looking at the stranger and they trying to protect him, their son yeah. too and their son's standing right in front of them the, they call him the bloody stranger in the movie he's holding a knife yeah but it was supposed not... to be so that we it doesn't matter his name it doesn't matter his status to us it should be a human being was asking for help. The moral thing to do is to help that person so that they don't effing die. Yeah, yeah. So that was the morale. That was the reasoning behind that. Like it was trying to show you, okay, you need to feel some sort of sympathy and empathy. Yep. Otherwise, you're you're dead and inside, like the parents. Clearly, the the bloody stranger here. He's not like holding Charlie the son as hostage. No, nope. he, he does just, have a knife. But he does have a knife, but he's not brandishing it. it. And then they're they're having this kind of standoff in the foyer. And then all of a sudden, Henry comes down the stairs. Burr, 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 burr. Not even gonna start talking. Just starts shooting. Yeah, he pretty much said. And then Mr. Sandin or something. Mr. Like, Sandin. Burr, burr, burr. And then he pulls out a gun. And then <laughs> Mary, the mom, is like, he's got. A gun, James. He's a gun, a gun. And grabs his son and takes cover. Yep. 
smart girl, smart woman, smart lady, protect the sun. Yes. Someone's got a gun and is starting to shoot in the house. And Zoe is also seeing this happen and like, oh my gosh. So yes. Henry shoots at the dad, James. And James, who now has a gun at this point because he grabbed one when his son opened up the gates. He um, grabbed one when they first were going on lockdown. Oh, you're right. He had it in his back but like yeah he grabbed it from his like gun shelf his gun rack he has some very... that's built into the wall and then has like this secret safe he grabs the tiniest gun he could find and just sticks it in the back of his pants he doesn't put it in the pocket it's or in his holster waistband. it's in his waistband so yeah, that's put... not safe boys and girls Don't no that. that's not how you no no <laughs> um but so he turns around, he pulls the gun on Henry. Henry shoots at him, James shoots at Henry. Henry is clearly shot. And yes. then Henry and Zoe run upstairs. Zoe, yeah, Zoe essentially helps kind of drag him back up to the room. And while this happened, the bloody stranger disappears and hides in the house. Yes, bloody stranger is AWOL. So we have all this happen, and then right after they they kind of let him in things settle and they're trying to find zoe but we and see henry a, it, we we see henry bleeding out henry dead henry's dead and can what i just say line. that that blood was so watery yeah i mentioned that i was like i really want to know the recipe <laughs> of blood they used and why they didn't thicken that boy up because blood is is pretty thick that that was almost orangey tinge to it it, it was, was still it red but it was like I don't know. It was not believable to me who, who, you know, does a lot of horror makeup and is involved with haunts and everything. Like, that seemed way too watery to me to be legit. It was not great. I didn't love it. Um, but anyways, Henry's dead. What a storyline. Thank goodness. He contributed so much. I mean, well, and the reason... one problem solved! You don't have to ask Dad to date somebody older. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Problem solved. Well, and you no longer have to roar I love you anymore. Well, please don't do that anyways. But <laughs> there, the reason he was in this and the reason the storyline was in there in the first place was actually that James DeMonaco originally wrote this script to have the daughter wanting to kill her dad. Yeah. And... The, the studio was just like, no, that's that's not happening. Too dark. We don't like it. Veto. Stamp of disapproval. So right. he changed it to having this boyfriend storyline where the boyfriend tries to kill the dad. But he even says, like, this is probably the weakest story point in the is. entire movie. The, the only good that I think that came out of it was to establish the fact that the dad has enemies and people don't necessarily like him. Well, I also think it's really great to have... Zoe has a reason for being as emotional as she is and making some of the decisions she does throughout yeah. the movie. I mean, she grew up with the Purge, so she's seen this all from beginning to end, but she's still so young. So instead of, like, her parents, who for a long time didn't have the Purge and then recently had the Purge, yeah. she went from an innocent child to being surrounded by all of this and yeah. became kind of jagged yeah. with her feelings. So anyways, Henry's dead, Bloody Stranger's lost. So now we have probably, I think, the most interesting and creepy part of this entire movie. We have everything's locked down. Charlie notices there's people outside. And he grabs mom and dad. And basically, it's a group of people that are wearing these masks and brandishing weapons and 
they come up to the intercom. One of them comes up to the intercom and is real creepy, got this mask on, and is looking at them. And then he takes it off and he introduces, well, not really introduces himself. No, he, he knows that he kind of talked to the neighbors a little bit and realized that they're the ones hiding the stranger that they're after. And the guy who plays this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He was cast the night before. Yep. Because they just couldn't find somebody. But th- then he comes in, very charismatic, but he his smile said that he was up to something no good. Oh, so creepy. And they just were like, yes, and the cast, A+, plus, let's go, they said you're they, shooting tomorrow. That he toned it back. Like, he wasn't over-the-top crazy. No. It, it's really creepy. And the mask that they chose for this movie... Um, they Actually, chose the mask before casting him. Yeah, it fits his face. It right? looks like him. Yeah, it's uh, which is also unsettling because it's not like an exact replica of his face. It's the fact that it's a normal human face just with a fake smile. So, and I, I don't know. We'll probably talk about this later. But part of the reason they also chose him is because um, he reminded James DeMonaco of Charles Manson. Yes. So he, yeah, he had this. Very charismatic way about him, much like Charles Manson. And, and James DeMonaco was kind of obsessed with Charles Manson and the fact and all of his details. Yeah. So when that came about, they're like, oh, so he's Charles Manson and everybody following him is the Manson family. Yeah. Which if you grew up, even no matter what era you grew up in, you know who Charles Manson is. I mean, we know he's, who he is. Everybody knows. He pretty much was the end of the hippie era. Mm-hmm. He was on a lot of drugs. He was yeah. only 5'4", fun fact. So he, he was as tall as I am. He was a singer-songwriter, too, wasn't yep. he? Yep, and he hung out with one of the brothers from the Beach Boys. Yes, he did! A lot! <laughs> Forgot about that. Well, I think he was trying to make it biggity, but he just never... No. Well, he never did. He went crazy and then he killed Well, him. no, he was in jail for, like, several years of his life. And when he was like, go, they were, he was just like, I don't want to leave jail. Can I just stay? And they're just like... No, you have to leave. Oh, I didn't know that. Is he dead now? No, I think he's. I is Charles Manson dead? I'm pretty sure he's still alive. For last I, but I didn't really like. No, he he died three years ago. Oh, in November. Oh, it's, it's, why does? Oh my goodness. Well, so, he's most famous for Sharon Tate's murder. Yes. He, even though he wasn't the one that technically... He ordered so, people to murder her. Well, yeah. Charles Manson took part in seven murders. The whole entirety of the Manson family took part of in nine murders. Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. Um, and it's just... They were on a lot of drugs. They were having sex constantly. Not great. But- it's not a good environment. He, and a lot of... And again, another tie into this... Charles Manson, who was in his 30s, and most of his, the Manson family, at least the women, were underaged. I don't remember that. They were all underage. So he, and then he would have sex with them, and then essentially kind of pimp them out to uh, the other men. And the women were okay with this! Well, this was kind of a cult, almost. It was a cult. It wasn't kind of, it was. It was 100% cult, but yeah. It, it, in in that regard, it, it, he's carrying so much charisma, and he has women kind of fawning on him. Yeah, this guy in the movie? He's smoking weed. Oh, wait, who? Who are we talking about now? The, the charismatic leader. Oh, I forgot. 
So he's I've smoking oh a little gosh. bit of weed, but he's presenting himself. He, you can tell he's from an Ivy League school. He's wearing his school. Oh uniform. yeah, he's dressed. You can tell he's rich. Mm-hmm. He's very well. He even says that articulated. Yeah, like he's using very large words, and he he's. Mm. Oh, it's just well, it's very the unnerving. Women, the women that are following him, he's got a few dudes as well, but the women are dressed in all white. Yes, and everyone's wearing this mask. Yes. So he comes up, he's like, yo, we, I know you're hiding this guy. Uh, we're supposed to purge tonight, and he killed one of our friends. And he never refers to him as anything other than, like, homeless pig or... Filthy swine. Uh, he's yeah. using all this verbiage that is, like, oh, he's lesser. He's, like, the less dead in this new world, and um, we need to cleanse ourselves of this homeless, this dirty. But basically the whole gist is you give him back to us so we can kill him or mm-hmm. we give you a time limit and and he's sweet talking them. Yeah, he's like if you don't if you don't give it back we'll come in and kill all of you. But look, we know you're good folk. You're good rich. Folk. I mean, we can tell by the beautiful flowers on your lawn that yeah. you support and promote the purge. And we respect that. And it's it's very twisted. Uh, so anyways, they're like, oh my god, we don't even know where this guy is in our house. I was just give him to you. And, and, and you can't even say that either because, like... Th- how are they, Why should they believe you? Right. You could be lying. But... So they have this moment where James and Mary are in the foyer again. And he's, she's like, well, I thought the security system was foolproof. Like, we spent a lot on the security system, right? <laughs> and he's like, well, it really no. isn't against a, like, formulated attack. No. And she's like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's not good. Like, It's oh. supposed to look good. Yes. Because the rich aren't really the focus of the night. So, yeah, the, the wealthy is not the focus of the night. Nope. And so after this happens, they kind of search the house. They still don't know where Zoe is. So they're looking for Zoe. They're looking for the stranger. Uh, Max, or why did I call him Max? It's probably because I think that's his name in Parenthood. But Charlie, um, he goes ahead and he shows the bloody stranger where to hide because he's got this hidey hole in his closet. He does it through his little voyeur doll. Yeah, so he kind of directs him in there to save the dude. So mm-hmm. they're scrambling, whatever, and then Zoe shows up. She's like, Charlie. She sees the doll yeah. and talks to the doll, saying, Charlie, I'm going to go hide and lay low in your hidey hole. Hidey hole. And he's uh, like, no. He's like, Dang it. <laughs> so the bloody stranger then takes Zoe, and he's got a knife up to her throat, and we have this skirmish in the hallway with James and Mary, Zoe, and the bloody stranger. He ends up Throwing her really hard against the wall that knocks her out. Mm-hmm. And then they end up, like, tackling him to the ground, knocking him out. And then they put him in a chair and tie him up with duct tape. Well, before they even do that, he comes to a little bit. And he's got they the... stab him? That's where she stabs him with the letter opener and his bullet wound. Oh, yeah, because they shot him. That's yeah. right, because they're, they're struggling on the ground with the gun. Yeah. And he, he shoots. Well, someone shoots. And he does get him. knocked out for a brief moment, and then he comes to before they finish tying him up. Mm-hmm. And they, and James is like, just stick the letter opener in his wound. And she's just like, what the hell is wrong with you? She does it anyways, because saving the family. So we're having this, like, screaming match, and then finally the kids kind of get through to the parents. They're like, what are we doing? Yeah. I think Zoe says, like, 
uh, James walks over to her. He's like, are you okay? Because she comes to. She's like, I'm never going to be okay again. Like, how is any of this okay? Yeah. <sighs> and and it's also in front of Charlie, who's the moral compass of the, the movie, who's, like, trying desperately to get through to his parents. So, at this point, they make the decision not to hand over the Duke. Yes. They're like, this is wrong. So they start to get ready for the... And there, there's actually a, a one sentence where the stranger looks at him. He's like, just send me outside. Yeah. Because he's like, he's like, I'm done with this. The kid's nice to me. You guys kind of figured out that this is not great. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be the co- the death of two children. Mm-hmm. So, but they don't, they don't let him out. Right. They do untie him, I think, though. Yes. Or he somehow gets out. So they start to prepare and then the, the, the people come in. So they tear down the entire security system off the windows and the doors. Mm-hmm. And then they slowly start to enter the house. And they have guns in and groups, machetes. Not, and, not all together, in groups. In groups in different areas of the house. They're like breaking down windows and whatnot. So we have this awesome exchange where the dad, James, just takes people out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> They're in a game room and he's taking people out. How does a middle-aged, rich, white, white guy with kind of dad bod, kind of. Even locks not bad. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, that's supposed to be the archetype that he's trying to portray. Fair. Go into Rambo, Bruce Willis, diehard mode. Shotgun boy. Shotguns with axes and, and dodging at the precise moment when to dodge. Like, what the hell? He looked cool, though. He does look cool, and it is a very good scene. I do like the scene. I, I'm just I saying. Do. It was a little out of character for what they were initially trying to go for. So, he, he becomes this badass. And then, the the main leader, again, comes in and stabs him. And With a giant hunting knife. rigid knife. Yep. So, he, he stabs him. Clearly, James is not doing well. And I can't remember. He's bleeding out. So He's not 100% dead yet, but he, he's going to die from this wound. Yes. So then for somehow the neighbors show up. Oh, yeah. So the neighbors, you see them on the security cam because I think Charlie's watching it again. And they kill the remaining uh, weird group outside. And the rest inside. of the Manson family. So we have <laughs> we have a moment with Mary who's about to be macheted in the stomach by one of the group. And then they get shot by one of the neighbors. I think it's Grace. Is it Grace that... I don't know. I don't know. I think it's one of the ones that we have met, though. You're right. No, it is Grace. Because then she... So then all of them... She says, thank you. She's like, no, this isn't a thank you. You're ours. Yeah. So they have that moment. But before that happens, the leader of the evil group gets shot by Zoe. Yes. So then you have the family together with dad bleeding out on the ground. And then Grace comes in and says, you're ours, not theirs. That's why we had to kill him. Yes. They pull the dad out because he's... He's dead. Like yeah, the dad is the initial target. The dad dies in the family's arms. Um, at that moment, and they're like, "Well, he, your husband was our initial target. You and your children will have to do now." Yeah. So they get they tie them up and put them in like the middle of the foyer and like grab hands, like okay, ritual religious style. Yep. And are about to. It was not going to be a quick death. It looked like they were gonna stab Julius Caesar style. Yep. So. They get that out, and then all of a sudden you see the bloody stranger appear from behind Grace. 
And just starts kicking ass, too. Yeah, so then that all happens. He saves the Sandins. And then we have this final scene in the dining room. Yeah, Mary is so done with everybody. Has everybody sit down, and she's at the head of the table with the gun in her lap on on the table. And she's just watching the time go by so that... almost 7 a.m., so it's almost time. time. And the stranger is standing right behind her, ready to pounce at a moment's notice. And the kids are in the hallway. They're watching, but they're separate from they're like grieving over their dad yeah and they're separate from this scene but you can still see them in the background um mary does something with her hair takes her eyes off for a split second grace sees that as her moment to pounce and this is my favorite gory part (laughs) so for the purge favorite chris's favorite gore moment um grace grabs the gun mary struggles it back from her hits her in the face with it and then grabs her face and shoves it into the table Breaking Whoa. her plastic surgery nose. Maybe. I mean, they're rich. That's my my guess. And her face is just busted and it's just gushing blood. Oh, and she spits out a tooth or something. Spits out a tooth. I couldn't watch that. Her ugly fit her her probably couple million dollar face is now busted. <laughs> so it made me so happy. And Mary just looked at her, she's like, there will be no more killing tonight. Seven o'clock rolls around. Get the hell out of my house. Yeah. And then we have this one final shot of Mary, Zoe, and Charlie standing in the doorway of their house, the front doorway of their house. And it's like, you know, it's got a couple of the cars from the the evil stranger cult group thing. And uh, you just hear the sirens in the background. And that's, and then I it love ends with like the announcement saying, thank you for participating in the whatever. It was our purge. most successful purge. Yeah. What? How do you know that? Because they're watching. Every That's security true. cam is dialed in. Fair. And, and yeah, we'll, we go, we, we know in the other movies and the TV show that it's all the government's doing, and that's a yeah, whole that's... separate thing. So when the Ugh. government says it's the most successful purge, it kind of gives like, oh, we did a good job, and our government is acknowledging it. That's yeah. that's the message that that's coming across, I and mean, it's not good. And so that's the movie. This this is now a franchise, I guess. So you have The Purge. The second movie is The Purge Anarchy. Then mm-hmm. there's The Purge Election Year. There's The First Purge, which I think is a TV series. Yeah. And there will be a final Purge movie coming out in, I think, 2021. Yeah. During, I want to say, the second or third movie um, before the television series and before all that, they were going to try and do, like, a webisode series on the first purge to make it seem very rough and rugged but like they're like you you can either focus on the movies or you can focus on this but you can't do both yeah so they they cut their losses with that and what was another fun fact that i had oh in the second and the third one they shot in other locations instead of just the one yes. house location and they filmed some of those gorilla film styles so what that means is low budget low budget props low budget actors but you film very quickly in a scene at real locations, sometimes without warning or filming permits. That seems like a legal activity. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they, I'm not saying that they didn't have permits. I'm just saying that that's kind of the style they had to go with. It had to mm-hmm. be very quick. It had to be fast. They had to get in and get out. That makes, I mean, it's kind of cool. I know the second one is built in the city, and you see more of what I expected The Purge to be when I first watched this. Yeah, you see another class. So we we focus on the wealthy class, 
in the first film, and then we go to the middle and lower class. Yep. Um, in the second and third. It's it's really... Uh, it doesn't sit well with me. But that's okay. So, there... So there have been instances of this written or kind of done in real life where maybe not necessarily this movie was based on it, but the, the, this concept is actually not really new. Nope. Uh, so the first thing we kind of looked into is this holiday called Saturnalia. Yep, it's a Roman pagan holiday. Yep, which originally took place on December 17th. Mm -hmm. And then they extended it three days, and then they extended it seven days. And it's actually a precursor to Christmas before we celebrate Christmas. It's like if you combine Christmas and Mardi Gras. Yeah. That's how I would kind of combine the two. And it's so interesting, because what I was reading about Saturnalia was like, okay, there were murders, and people were elected as kings, but then they couldn't really be kings because this so they were sacrificed at the end of the yeah. week but if you actually just look up saturnalia itself it doesn't talk about any of that it no. talks about how it's this festival it celebrates the god of agriculture saturn hence why it's called saturnalia mm-hmm. and they pretty much it, some of the things are similar to christmas and like they hang wreaths on their door and exchange they, small gifts this, and poems yeah so that's kind of where some of those traditions came from this was pre-christmas so Yes, and it, it was the government's way of showing the people, like, this is what happens when you live without us. Like, this this is what happens without law and order. It was cool, too. Like, slaves were allowed to partake in the activities, and they could eat with the rest eat of and the... drink. Yeah, so it very interesting, but it did have the negative effects of it, because people took it too far. <laughs> I took they it too do. far. Well, you know, when alcohol gets mixed into the equation, people beca- can become angry drunks. An angry drunk can lead to murder drunk. <laughs> that's a huge step. It can be, but that's what happened. I, I people too. got super drunk and took it out on their neighbors and their bosses and their, like, anybody. Anybody was fair game, and it was just a whole week of debauchery, and they got, got away with it. You got away with it. So, yeah, that, that was a real thing. Yeah, it's. <sighs> I'm <laughs> exactly. glad we don't have this nowadays, but I know that the Greeks had something very similar, and so did the Egyptians. Okay. So history repeats itself, but usually not in the best way possible. <laughs> uh, I don't like that. I don't like it. So there's also a uh, Star Trek episode. <laughs> Yep. That's very similar. It's called uh, Return of the Archons, or Archons. I don't know how to pronounce it. And basically, uh, Captain Kirk and the Enterprise, they land on this planet that's run by, like, a computer. And then at 6 p.m. every day, the computer turns itself off. And all of the robots and everything in town basically get into a bunch of antics and kill each other. And it's havoc and stuff like yeah. that. It's like the Red Hour or something, because it's only that one only lasts for, like, an hour. Yeah. No, not 12 hours like The Purge. Yeah. Um, there's also <laughs> it, there's also a short novel called This is Moscow Speaking by Yuli Daniel, who was basically a dissenter of the Communist Party back when the USSR was a thing. And he wrote under different pseudonyms and pen names and stuff. But the government, the USSR government, found out that he had been doing this anti-party, I guess you could say propaganda or whatever, and they actually tried him. 
they pleaded not guilty, which was really odd, him and his friend that were doing this, but he was put in a Russian gulag for a while. He was put in the gulag. But this is Moscow <laughs> speaking was, um, it basically is, the whole premise of it is that the Soviet gov- government declares public murder day, a day on which all murder is legal, which is very similar. But in this story, the day itself, it passes uneventfully because that's kind of showing the apathy and the passivity of the Soviet citizenry during the communist rule. Mm-hmm. So James DeMonico, De- he had an incident leading up to the purge, which was the inspiration of the purge. Yes. Which was a major road rage incident when the uh, this guy who was a drunk driver cut them off and almost killed him and his wife. And there was a huge fist fight in the middle of the intersect in the uh, highway. Yeah, I want to say it was. And until the police came and they were just holding the guy down, and the guy had no remorse for what he did. And once they got back in the car, the wife looked at James and he just, she's just like, "Wouldn't it be great if we just had one free one a year?" And he thought that was the most (laughs) morbid thing, which it is. Yes, it is a really, really morbid thing. But I also, I, I get it when you're angry. You say stuff. Yeah. 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 It's just. So that's what inspired him to write this entire thing. Yeah. He wrote and directed it. So yes. everything was done by him, essentially. And then after The Purge came out, um, two or three years later, uh, 2016, in May, this little story. Stupid Jonathan Cruz in mm. Indiana. He is known as the Purge Killer. He killed three people, but he didn't get caught because of the murders. He got caught for kidnapping someone, holding them hostage in a Wendy's, then her car, then her own home. What? Yes, he held this person, a woman captive, and that's how he got caught. And then he confessed. They didn't even like. Start linking the murders to him. He confessed. He's like, I had to purge this world and myself. Yeah, he literally texted his girlfriend, right? Yes. Oh, my goodness. This stupid little piece of shit. What he said he was inspired by the purge because he needed to purge. He cleanse himself, which is like, uh, Don't take movies so seriously. Like, and especially horror movies. They're not your go-to like influence they should not be your go-to influence i mean that opens up a whole nother can of worms though about uh do horror movies give people ideas to do things i don't think so i think this person was already messed up and then just looked for a reason because side note that's what happened with like columbine violent video games they were messed up before that and they just decided to blame the video games i did a whole report on that in high school (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Columbine's a very, very heavy subject. It is. Research. It is. It, it was very heavy. And honestly, yes, they may have taken ideas from the video games, but it's not what they were inspired by. They literally had friends. Mm-hmm. They weren't the necessarily the bully type. They did some bullying themselves. They were definitely the outcasts, and everybody kind of knew that they were a little off. Yep. And they pre-planned it for months. They were on watch by, like, the FBI and stuff yeah. was watching them. They just did not step in before nope. anything happened. So that's a whole nother can of worms. So like I said, I don't think media triggers things in people. I think they're already there. The media just gives people a creative idea. 
it's it's a fine line and <laughs> i don't like it anyways so that's pretty much the purge it's time to grade this let's grade the purge so for anybody who's new and then this might be their first episode or anything like that we grade the movie we have five questions on a scale of one to ten each question and at the end we combine our scores to figure out if this is an a plus movie deserves to be like praised for everything it did or if it's a flunky a failure don't recommend maybe watch it once and say that you watched it and never look back okay so this is a really interesting thing because i i think we kind of already know how we scored it a little bit but i we'll get into it i would totally recommend this i'd recommend it to people as an action movie if someone came up to me and was like i need a horror movie i wouldn't jump to this one no if someone's looking for for example in, in my past relationships for example I'm, a, I'm the big horror buff, mm -hmm. and usually my significant other is not. Yep. They're more of the action. I would suggest this movie for that kind of a situation. That way somebody gets a little bit of horror and somebody gets the action-packed yes. sequences that they need. So I, like I said, I consider this as an action horror, not a horror first movie. That's that's fair. I would, I would agree with that. I would not recommend it. So that's how I would recommend it to people. Um, so our first question is, was it scary? I gave this a one. And I have a three. And I think we would both agree the movie itself is not that scary. The idea is scary. Which is why I gave it a three. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm not that scared by many things. No, you're not. So, that, yeah, I gave it a one. Anyways, <laughs> how was the acting? I gave it an eight. I did too. I really like the acting. I am a huge fan of Lena Heating, though. And I think you should do a roller girl on this movie. So, <laughs> I really like this movie. <laughs> the acting. As far as horror movies go, very good acting. Yes. Fantastic. I mean, it was a lot more A-list people And on the guy board. they had chosen for the polite leader with the purge he was so good he was fantastic and he hasn't actually done that much like i no. looked at his imdb page and... but yeah he definitely had this the charisma down he had the creepy smile he was toned back he was relatable but uh, i don't know about that <laughs> he, I, he was he relatable in the fact that he was human yeah it was uncanny he was a leader yeah. And everybody knows those kind of douchey leaders. Granted, they may not start like a Manson family, okay, but... Okay, yeah, he's, he was crazy. <laughs> he was... He, he was a psychopath. Sociopath? It's... You decide. You can do the research on that <laughs> Between the two of them. Um, um, how were the special effects? There weren't really many it was all shot pretty well i gave it a three i think the only biggest thing i special a... effects was the blood and we didn't like the blood yeah i gave it a four because everything was shot really well and like the sound effects were good and all that so that's why i gave it a four yeah that blood not not great not great Okay, and then uh next up it was the story compelling and were there any interesting twists I gave it a five. I also gave it a five. It, it was a good movie. It had a good sequence of events. It didn't slow down or anything like that, but it was very predictable. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I guess this, this whole thing goes back to I gave it points for the idea behind the entire movie. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. It was just a little bit more predictable than 
like at least Evil Dead, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there were some aspects in that where it was just way more compelling mm-hmm. to me. Um, and then how was the character development? I gave it a six. I gave it a seven. I didn't think the right, and this also encompasses writing. I mean, James Sandon has a whole arc where he goes from being a kind of passive or uh, believer in the purge because it's made him rich to questioning basically everything he's built his life on. And you do see that. And Mm -hmm. you see Mary comes out of being kind of this hollow shell of knowing she's earning money and living her lifestyle because of the purge, but kind of having this passive relationship with it because it's like, it's a necessary evil. You see her come out of her shell and like, no, this isn't right. This isn't, you know, this has no humanity to it. I liked it. I gave it a seven. I gave it a six. So. It was good. We didn't do so hot on this grading one. No, my total was a 24. Mine was a 26. So that's a total of 50. Which is our worst one yet. It's it's lower than the ring. Which we gave, let's see, was that a 51? Yeah, we gave it a 51. 51. So, yeah, so far our standings is The Purge is dead last and Evil Dead is number one. And Ring and Ringu are right in the right middle. In the <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, that was The Purge. So, I'm really excited for the next movie. The next one is Alien. Yay, we're yeah. doing Alien. Which I've never seen, so I'm kind of excited about it. I always thought uh, growing up, Alien was more uh, suspense than it was horror, but I guess it's classified as a horror. Sci-fi horror monster. I'm excited. Isn't There's that a... the one where the yeah, thing yeah. comes out of the stomach? That's my favorite scene, and we'll get into it <laughs> next time. <laughs> so in two weeks, on the 16th, we will be releasing Alien. this episode. This one, and then Alien is two weeks after that. Yes, Alien will be on Halloween Eve, and we do have a special little announcement here. Um, On Halloween, we're going to post a bonus episode of us commentary commentating on Halloween as we watch it as we watch it so we're gonna record us watching it and doing commentary with some of our friends yep uh we'll still do the grading at the end but we won't go into how it was made or anything like that but it's something cool that you can start like if you're at home quarantined or whatever you can start by listening to us while watching your own movie like watching it for yourself and then you just kind of have us talking with you so that's kind of our fun little idea for Halloween um Let's see. You can find us on Facebook at Unnerved, a horror movie podcast. Yes. You can find us on Twitter at A Unnerved. Uh, We'll post our rankings there. We'll get you hyped for the next one. We'll post trailers. We'll post any special events coming up. Um, So you can follow us there. And if you like our artwork, you can go and follow my sister Danielle at Danny Draws Dragons on Instagram. You go check her out. She's super talented and awesome. And yeah, I think that concludes our shout-outs. Yeah, I think that concludes The Purge. So, also, if you have any re- movie recommendations, when you go follow us, uh, give us any ideas of what you want us to hear. Like, what you want to hear, what we should listen, what we should do. What we we're, pre- we're pretty open to anything. I will try anything, pretty much. That's a, <laughs> that was a very steep promise there. <laughs> she, she says that now, everybody. <laughs> All right, well, uh, stay spooky, stay safe. See you later. Bye! Bye!